chapter 15. So I'm not sure how I feel about this message. It's kind of kind of weighty, but I think it's very necessary, and I hope that it's helpful and that it gives you gives you all a, a good perspective, a different perspective. I think everybody in this room is, to some degree, a very dedicated young man and young lady for the Lord, and I appreciate that. I don't think anybody in here is a problem causer or anything like that. <clears throat> But Luke chapter 15 has one of the most famous stories ever told by Jesus Christ. A lot of them, all of them in this chapter, but especially the one about the man with the two sons, known as the prodigal son. He's a very famous young man. I want to talk about him this morning. Before we do that, let's begin with prayer, and then uh, we'll get right into it. Lord, Lord, thank you for so much for giving us life and breath today. Thank you for allowing us to breathe your air and um, allowing us to assemble freely in the church house. Father, help us not to take these things for granted. Thank you for our liberty and our safety and our comfort that we enjoy and your blessings that you give us and benefits every day. Father, please, please speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, please help us. Help us with this, this study, with this chapter. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us wisdom and enlightening our eyes and showing us the way. Father, help us to continue in the way. and Lead us not into temptation, Lord. Please be with us now, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, before we get into that, the Ten Commandments. We're familiar with the Ten Commandments, correct? Yes, I would hope so. They're often called the moral law. Can anybody name the Ten Commandments? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well, we'll go through them. I'll help you out. Number one, I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not take the unto, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Right? Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet. There's a list, and then it says, Thou shalt not covet anything that is thy neighbor's. So, blanket statement, I should not do that. Um, wouldn't it be great if we lived in a society where you had neighbors that wouldn't lie to you and that wouldn't steal from you and that wouldn't cheat you and that would love your life, that would love your life enough to not kill you? Yeah, that'd be nice. And where you have neighbors that love you as much as they love themselves. Because Jesus, remember Jesus said the greatest commandment is this, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I think that'd be nice. That'd be a utopia if people did that. If people actually adhered to those, those commandments. If your neighbor loved you as much as they loved themselves or more than themselves. Well, did you know there are people in this world like that? There's not many. But there are a couple people that love you as much or more than they love their own selves. Can you guess who that is? Any idea? Jesus. People, yep, Jesus, but people in this world. People in people other than Jesus and God. Who loves you as much as they love themselves or more than they love themselves? Your yeah, your parents, right? Did you notice that we skipped a commandment? 
Anybody catch that? What commandment did we skip? Say it loudly. Yeah. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So keep the fifth commandment in the back of your mind. That's why we went over that. Keep the fifth commandment in the back of your mind as we go through Luke chapter 15. Okay, honor thy father and thy mother. First commandment with promise. And your parents love you more than they love their own selves. Keep keep that in the back of your mind too. Okay, this brings us to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 will begin in verse number 11. And he said... Jesus is speaking. A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided into them his living. Okay, two sons. You have one son that is self-centered. Would you agree? He says to his father, give me. Give me the portion of goods that fall to me. Verse 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Mm. Okay, so we have, so far in this story, we have two sons. We have one son that's self-centered. The father gives all that he has to his sons, to his two sons. And you see that in verse number 12. Give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And he, it says in the father, and he divided unto them... His living. Okay, so he divides it to both of them, it looks like. Hold your place there. Just a note, just an interesting side note. Turn to Mark chapter 12. So the father gives all that he has to his two sons. That's an important thing to to make a note of. Turn to Mark chapter 12. Keep your place in Luke 15. So it says in Luke chapter 15, and he divided unto them his living. Mark chapter 12, verse number 44. For all they did cast in of their abundance. Remember, they're at the, they're at the temple looking at the people cast into the treasury. But she, this woman, of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. So we see there. That the father, in Luke chapter 15, gave to these two sons all that he had. All that he had. And the one son, who is selfish, the younger, he leaves home. And it's here, at this verse, that I want to begin looking at this story that Jesus told from the perspective of the son's parents. I think this will be helpful. I think this will be very beneficial At this point in your life for you young men and young ladies to read this story from the perspective of the father and of his mother. It doesn't talk about his mother, but I'm assuming if there's a son, he had a mother. But you know, this is a really, this this story, it's really sad. It's a really sad story. And I think mom and dad's heart, the mother and father of of this young man, I think their heart probably began to break in verse number 12. Would you agree? Verse number 12, read it again. And the younger of them said to his father, he could say anything. I don't know what the relationship was like at home before this. I don't know. But he he goes to his father and he says, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. He didn't ask for the portion of goods. First of all, you you wouldn't even ask. That's ridiculous. Why would you do that? That's saying your father's as good as dead to you. To ask for the inheritance? That's horrible. 
Man, that is extremely self-centered. So he demands that his mother and his father give him his inheritance while, his, while they're still alive. That is beyond disrespectful. It's despicable. So I think their hearts began to break in verse number 12, but I know that their hearts were broken in verse number 13 when their baby boy finally runs away. That had to crush his father and his mother. I cannot imagine my little girls growing up and then leaving Lauren and I like this young man did in Luke 15. No parent can. That's their worst nightmare. That's their worst nightmare. And you really, you cannot understand that until you have children. My children are not very old, but they're old enough to where this story as a parent breaks my heart. I hear songs about dads and their daughters and stuff, and it makes me cry. Because it just, it's different. It's different. So let's place ourselves in the story that Jesus tells in Luke 15. Let's go back a little in time and talk about the parents of this famous young man. This young man's mom and dad brought him into the world at one point. Right? That's huge. Because let me say this. Bringing in a child into the world is an extremely traumatic experience. It's beyond description. It is so traumatic and scary. That's all I'm going to say, but it's terrifying. It's, it's very traumatic. And then you have this baby, and you love this baby. So this mom and dad of this prodigal son, they brought him into the world. And so this young man's mom and dad listened to him cry and scream and act like a baby for years. Right? Right? Yes, they did. This young man's mom and dad changed his poopy diapers countless times. A lot of times. I don't know how they did it in those days. They probably had reusable diapers. That's disgusting. Isn't it? No. Okay, all right. Enough, enough, enough. All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's stop, let's stop. It's disgusting, okay. But you know what? Listen, listen. As a parent... It doesn't bother you. It don't bother you. Now, if I gave Autumn to you and asked you to change her diaper, you would probably do it reluctantly, but it's different. You may not do it. (laughs) You may not even do it. Yeah, think about it. He he probably spit up on them a lot. That child, this this young man, this prodigal son, he threw up on his parents all the time. He did. This young man's mom and dad sacrificed an untold amount of sleep to comfort their uncomfortable or their hungry baby boy. This young man's mom and dad would lay in bed after having been woken up in the middle of the night by their crying baby and they would stare at their little boy and say to each other how amazingly beautiful he is and how blessed they are to have the privilege of raising him. They took family pictures to show show off their beautiful children. I don't know how they did that in those days, but they did something. They did something. Look, as a parent, you're proud of your child. You're proud of your children. They taught him how to, how to crawl, how to walk, how to eat, how to talk, how to sit still, how to behave around other people. They taught him how to read and write. And these parents, this father enjoyed their life spent raising and investing in this child. And you cannot put a price on the amount of money 
that their dad worked for and spent on this one child. And you cannot count the amount of time that this boy's dad invested into his son from the time he was a baby to the time that he walked out of the house a grown man. Priceless. I don't know how old this young man is. Maybe he's a teenager. Maybe he's 20. Maybe he's 30. Probably not. But having this perspective, the perspective of the father, makes verse 13 all the more heartbreaking. How sad to see your boy disrespect you like he did in verse 12 and then run away in verse 13. That's awful. Awful. That cannot be stated enough. Let's continue. Took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. There is no better way to shame your mom and your dad than to do that. Take their stuff, run away, and waste it all on pleasure and self. Remember the fifth commandment? Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long. Well, let's see how it turns out for him. Hey, he made his choice. He's doing his thing. See what happens. Some people become successful. On their own. You never know. Verse 14. And when he had spent all. Ooh, that's not good. When he had spent all. Let's stop right there. So after living it up. Free from his parents' rules. By the way. If you think that being away from your parents makes you free. You have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea. Freedom ain't all that great when you have no money and you have nothing and you have no resume and um, but you think that living on your own is better than living under a roof where mom and dad tell you what to do but you know what if your mom and dad honor the Lord you've got it so good at home life in the real world ain't all that free when you're young and, no, and broke as we'll see in the next few verses Verse number 14, and when he had spent all. It does not take long to spend a bunch of money when you spend it all at the club or on harlots or on alcohol and drugs. It doesn't take long. I'll tell you a true story. I was working nights a month or two ago, and one of the young guys on the paving crew, 20 years old, can't remember his name, but he grew up in a very, very not so great home life. Pretty bad. His mom, he had lots of men come in and out of his home, never knew his dad. His mom was basically a not, a, not a good lady. But there was one guy that came around when he was younger, he remembers him, and he was into scratch-offs, bought a scratch-off ticket or something. The guy won $9 million. He said he never saw that guy again. Until recently. Like 20 years later, he sees this guy, and he says, hey, you know, how are you doing? He goes, hey, are you so-and-so? The, the kid's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I remember you. He's like, oh, I'm doing okay. That guy that won $9 million 20 years later, you know what he was doing? Looking for a job. Because he spent all his money. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine having $9 million? 
What would you do with it? I don't know what he did with it, but it's gone. Gone. That's crazy. True story. So the point is this. When he had spent all, it does not take long to spend all that you have. Nine million can go just like that. Just as quickly as nine dollars can go like that. If you've got a lot of lot of money, nine million, it'll go just as quick. You'll just buy bigger, fancier things. Um, verse number fourteen. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. Imagine that a famine comes his way after he had spent all of his money. And now he has, not only does he have no money and no food, but wherever he's living, that means everybody else in that place, they neither have any money or any food. And what little money and what little food they have is going to go to the people that they love most in life. That would be themselves and their children. And that's not to knock those people wherever he's at that also are affected by this famine. But this young man is really in a bind. This prodigal son is really in a bind. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Verse 15. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would, have fain, he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. It's hard to get a good job when the sum total of your life decisions up to this point equal that of a loser. Riotous living, wasting your substance. Not much going for him. But you know what's, what's interesting about this verse is that in the midst of all these bad decisions, you remember what Brother David said about making decisions at the banquet? In the midst of all these really, really bad decisions... God graciously allows this young man to hit rock bottom. Not just hit rock bottom, but then realize that he had hit rock bottom. A lot of people hit the bottom and they don't even realize it. This man, he hits the rock bottom and God allows him to realize it. And then he says to himself, verse number 17, And when he came to himself, he realized, what is wrong with me? The light is starting to creep in. To this man's dark world. The light is creeping in. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to and to spare, and I perish with hunger? This is ridiculous. I left a place so good where the servants lived better than I do now. Verse number 18. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. This boy gets some humility. Very good for him. Humility is a good thing. Don't despise humility. Some wisdom has found its way into this young man's thick skull. Verse number 20. And he arose. Praise God. If you ever find yourself in this situation, the worst thing you can do is stay there. Get up. It says that he arose. Praise the Lord. And he arose. Verse 20. And came to his father. This young man in Luke chapter 15 finally realized that what he didn't care to know his entire life at home. You know what he didn't care to know that he realized right now? 
that no one in the entire world loved him more than his father. Ain't that something? He realizes that. This boy messed up big time. Big time. I, don't, I can't think of any more disrespectful way to treat your parents. But he realizes no one in this world loves me more than my father. And we see that to be true in the rest of this verse. Verse number 20. He arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And that's where we're going to stop in this story. I don't want to read any further. That's, this is kind of a short lesson, but we're, not, we're, not, we're almost done. Listen up. This young man, he realized some things. No one loves me more than my father. And I know, I know this isn't true for all of you. I know this isn't true for all of you. This is true for some of you. Some of you feel like that you're being held back from this world by your parents or by this church. And you're tired of everyone always telling you what to do. You're tired of everyone telling you what to say. Tired of everybody telling you what to wear. It bothers people. And you think that we're out of touch with reality of how great life in the world really can be. Tell you another quick story. Somebody said to me one time, they were thinking about moving out of their house. Like I told my brothers, I was like, when, I remember when they were thinking about moving out, and they did, and they're doing okay. I mean, they're doing a lot better than I am, but I said, you should try to stay at home as long as you can and save some money. Because I moved out at, I moved out at 18, went to college, moved back home at 18, no, 19, and then I moved to Florida. And I realized very quickly how expensive life is. And how difficult it is when you're on your own. Um, in my mind, I had a purpose. I think I made the right move. I did. I didn't dishonor my parents. But, you know, somebody told me a few years ago they wanted to move out of their parents' house and stuff. And Oh, man, my dad wants to charge me a couple hundred dollars a month for rent. And I'm like, are you crazy? Like, that's nothing. Like, I feel, I'm sorry your dad's charging you some money, but... Maybe he's trying to teach you something. And let me tell you right now, a couple hundred dollars a month for rent is the cheapest rent you're ever going to have in your entire life. So stay there. Don't. This, this person did not stay there. They found out very quickly that I was right. And I feel bad. I really do. I feel bad for them. But they're doing okay. You'll figure it out, you know. I don't know how old, how old is the old, oh, and how old are you? 20. 20? How old are you, Cameron? AJ, you're 21, right? 22. 22? Okay. You guys still live at home? Mm-hmm. Yeah? That's okay. Well, hey, that's okay. That's okay. You'll find out pretty quick. It's expensive. It's really, really expensive. And... I don't think many people, this applies to many people in this room. I hope, I hope it doesn't. I don't know. That's the other thing, too. It's like, you young men and young ladies, you're always here, and your parents make you come. And most of you, I think, want to be here. You're always at the street corner. I appreciate that. I mean, you guys are a very unique youth group in a good way. Um, but I don't know what's going on in your heart. 
I really don't. And as, you know, as myself, I moved here to go to Bible school. I moved here because I love the Lord. But I myself, I wrestle with a lot, of, a lot of things, a lot of bitterness and resentment towards people at times, a lot of things that need to be repented of at times. And I know it's true for you guys and gals as well. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, the majority of you, your parents, and this church, the wisdom we're trying to impart to you to help you become successful is really, really good. Do not despise that. Don't despise it. Don't let your pride get in the way and fall into the error, the, uh, the error of the prodigal son. You don't need to be a prodigal son. Nobody should ever aspire to be a prodigal son, right? Neither should you aspire to be like his older brother, who had a really bad attitude, as you read in the rest of the passage. But I know that some of you, some of you are kind of tired of how we do things. Some of you think that. But I do know this, that just about all of you, maybe not all of you in this room, some of you are younger than others, but just about all of you, especially the older people in this room, someday you want to meet a boy or a girl, fall in love, get married, and live happily ever after. I got zero amens for that. No? Am I out of touch? Amen. <laughs> I know I did. <laughs> I really did. Um, and you know, that's great. I hope you do. I really hope you do. Because you can. And I hope you pray often about who God would have you to spend your life with. And I hope you find that person sooner rather than later. And I know a lot of you, that is the number one prayer on your prayer list. Day and night. I know it is. You don't have to say amen. But if you do, it's okay. Look, it's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. I wish there were more people that aspired to be married in this culture. I work with a lot of people, a lot of different people, different nationalities, different ages. And I have family members. They don't want to get married. They have children. And I don't, they'd have no aspirations to be married at all. Well, they don't know Christ. They don't love the Lord. And that's the number one reason. But at the same time, being married is great. I have a coworker. I have this written down for later, but I'll tell it right now. I have a coworker. I haven't seen him in a while. They probably moved him to a different project. He's a subcontractor. But I met this guy. He said, kept saying he would come to church, come to church. Never came to church. Hope he does someday. I don't know. But he, uh, he's in his mid-20s. He's got a girlfriend, and they have an eight-month-old child. And I met this guy, and I don't remember how it came up. It was at night while we were paving. He was driving the broom truck, and we got to talking. And he was telling me about his family, and I said, so when are you getting married? Just casually. And he was like, what do you mean? I said, you don't want to be married? He goes, well, yeah, I guess I do. I said, well, you know, don't you, don't you love God? Don't you fear the Lord? And he goes, you know, yeah, I do. I said, well, then you've got to get married. And he's like, you know, you're right. He had this epiphany while we were talking one evening. So anyway, we had a great conversation. He understood, the, I think he was saved. He grew up in a somewhat Christian home. He understood the gospel. He gave me a good testimony. He goes home. I talked to him a few nights later. How's it going, man? And he tells me that his girlfriend was not all as excited as he was about the idea of getting married and getting right with God. Come to find out, his girlfriend is a pastor's kid. How about that? 
So she's definitely not thrilled about this because she's, she's not living the way she knows she ought to live. But sad to say, um, I would talk to him every couple weeks. I would try to encourage him. He, he would listen to some sermons and things. He said he was starting to read his Bible. Man, I'm just telling you, he seemed so miserable, so miserable, because he knew what the right thing to do was, but yet he was at a conflict. Because at a certain point, he would either have to, they'd have to get married, or he needs to move out. They need to figure something out, if he's going to honor God. But I don't know whatever happened. I haven't heard from him. I text him. I don't hear from him anymore. But it's really sad. Those people don't have life figured out. And I'm telling you right now, young men and young ladies, you don't want to be those people. Please don't. Do not be. They told me in welding school, talking about safety. They would always talk about safety. Be safe, wear masks and stuff. You should. They would say, don't be a statistic. Like, don't cut your finger off. Or they told us a story one time about a guy that got a grinder in his face. Yeah, don't be a statistic. Be smart, be safe. And I'm telling you, young men and ladies right now, don't be a statistic in this world. Why? It's not cool. These people are not happy. Okay. So I hope you, you guys and girls aspire to be married. That's great. But if you do, okay, and, and I know you do, you need to get this. Point number one. How does this, this whole thing tie together? How does it apply to you? There is no one on earth that loves you more and cares about your well-being more and wants the best for you more than your mom and your dad. Period. Nobody. Your pastor loves you. Your youth pastor loves you. I love you guys. I want the best for you. But no one can love you as much as your mom and dad. Nobody can love you. That's point number one. So, that being said... Don't ever let some creep come into your life and try to convince you otherwise. They, they're lying. Your mom and dad want the best for you. They love you. Number two, there is no one in your life worthy of more honor and respect than the man and woman that changed your diapers, put clothes on your back, made sure you had food in your belly and a roof over your head at all times. Nobody is worth more honor and respect than those people. Remember that. And point number three, with that in mind, don't ever dishonor your father and mother by running off with a stranger that you think loves you more than they do. Why would you do that? Don't do that. Don't do that. But in line with our text from Luke chapter 15, if you do, run off and burn every good bridge that you have in your life. Know this. Because there's no one on earth that loves you more than your mom and dad, if you come to your senses and you repent and you return home, as we see in Luke chapter 15, your mom and your dad will be there with open arms waiting for you. Why? Because they love you more than they love themselves. It's the truth. It's the truth. I've told you boys, you guys about my friend Tyler in the past that ended up making a bunch of bad decisions and dying at 21. But I remember sitting down with his dad before he passed away when he was getting caught up in drugs in the wrong crowd. This guy grew up in church. His dad's a deacon. His dad was bawling. He was like, I want so bad for him to come home. 
but I don't want him to be here and think that I'm okay with what he's doing. It broke his heart, and I felt horrible. And let me be clear. I'm not saying that you shouldn't grow up and move out someday. You should. Becoming a responsible and capable um, of supporting yourself and your own family, that's the idea. That's the idea. That's what your parents want. That's what the church wants. What I am saying is sort of similar to what Brother Benson was saying last week, but because it's, I'm saying this, don't be a fool and take advice from someone not only with no life experience, but don't cast off all that your mom and your dad has instilled in you so that you can go live in a way that would dishonor them. Don't do that. Because like I said before, if you decide to live in sin, you'll just be miserable because you won't be able to enjoy it because you know it's wrong. You know it's not fulfilling. And some of you might try it. I hate to say it. I hope you don't. But that's just how it is. You'll find out. But remember, like this young man in Luke chapter 15 that made a string of really bad decisions, his dad was waiting for him to come home. He was hoping that he would come home and not that he'd get a phone call that his, they found his son in a ditch. It happens all the time. Don't be a statistic. Okay, let's review. Number one, no one on earth loves you more than your mom and dad. No one in life is worthy of more honor and respect than your mom and dad. And number three, don't dishonor your mom and dad by making the mistake that this, this prodigal son did. But if you do, please, please come to your senses and come home because they'll be waiting for you. Because there are a couple people in this world that love you more than they love themselves, and that's your parents. So, very simple message, but a very serious message. I really hope that that was helpful. So, um, with that, let's...